We've been talking about it. Fools, this is the John Cheese Show. I'm KJ, there's Nathan, there's Patrick. We in it. hey yeah, yeah, he's man. been recording for the last two minutes and 41 seconds, 42 seconds, uh, 42 okay, seconds. Okay, well, I'll record. Or do you not want me to record? You're listening to The John Chi Show, hosted by three Korean-American adoptees diving headfirst into what it means to be adopted, Korean, American, and more. And now, here's your hosts, Nathan, Patrick, and KJ. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the John Chi Show. This is your one of your co-hosts, KJ. With me, I've got Nathan Nowak and Patrick Armstrong. Um, so <laughs> Armstrong. That's, how you, that's how you pronounce his name, right? Arm, arm. Armstrong. 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 Great. Um, we are back with a guest, and we've got food. It is a regular old John Chi Show. We're back. Uh, so yeah, back I'm super to our excited normal schedule. Yeah, um, TBH, I kind of forgot how to interview people, so that was fun. <laughs> Finding that out during the interview, I was like, oh my gosh, what do I do here? That was Yeah, we uh, had a lot of little pauses there that I felt <laughs> okay. like we hadn't had for I mean, a while. You, Maybe it'll be dear listener, yeah, you'll never hear it, but for us, I was just like, what do I do? What, what well, I, I there do? was a couple moments so. where I was waiting for you guys to ask a question, yeah. too, and I didn't <laughs> want to make sure that I wasn't just, you know, Nathan, take charge. Take yeah, charge. Take a I don't want to be. A, I don't want to be a Mike Hog. <laughs> yeah. We all have our own mics. Mike Pod- yeah, exactly. Podcast Hog. Podcast uh, Hog. Man. I don't know. Is I that a thing? You. Uh, anyways, so we're before we get into the interview, we just uh, kind of we're talking about uh, ancestry tests, DNA tests. That's what it's called. You're not testing who your ancestors are. Uh, <laughs> just DNA tests. Um, <laughs> yeah. So Nathan, you've taken one. Yeah. Patrick, you were recently gifted one. Uh, shouts out to your wife to be Emily. Happy Christmas! Uh, and I have <laughs> thought about it once and haven't really thought about it since then. So, what's your hesitation? Um, the cost or no, just the time I, involved, or you don't like I spinning honestly, into tubes? <laughs> I mean, part of. <laughs> <laughs> that part uh, was pretty easy. Let me just say, <laughs> okay, perfect. You know, they said, we're going to give you a, a big spinal tap to do this. Then yeah, I might have been a little more hesitant, but uh, yeah. The, no, the you know, I think the thing that's always made me like it. I guess it's kind of felt like cheating, which I know is dumb, <laughs> but it's, it's felt like cheating trying to uh, find my family. Because that's that's the thing with, uh, I feel like the ads for an Ancestry.com is you're like, oh yeah, you'll like hear your origin story and and figure out how, you know, whether it was your people who came to America or whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually heard this on another podcast I was listening to, but like for black people and also for transnationally adopted people, you're like, well, that's a lot of crap. <laughs> like, right. there is no history for us, like, because we were forcibly removed from our history. So, uh, so it, it felt like cheating because I was like, mm, maybe my parents have, or my family has done it. And then I got waiting. Away. Yeah, I don't uh, know. It feels but like you have to, you have to agree to that side of it. You can keep it closed. So yeah, so I I know nothing about it just because I haven't done the research. But so it's been that it's been the cost. It's been uh, you know like I've like if I was gonna find someone, then it felt like a, like a hail mary, and mm-hmm. I didn't want to. I guess I didn't want to give myself that kind of hope necessarily. I don't know. I mean, like now it would be fun, but also like what if it came back that I was you know eighty uh, percent Chinese and only twenty percent Korean. That's uh, legit. Like oh no! Then like all this work, I'm like I've been trying to be the wrong race for twenty seven <laughs> years, you know, and like so Man. that would be uh, terrifying. I mean, I don't know why that would be the case, but still, one hundred percent get I just, that. I've, that's yeah. one of the things that's always made me hesitant. I'm like, what if it comes back that I'm not even Korean? And I've just been saying that for a long time. <laughs> Even if I didn't really believe it myself, uh, yeah. What like, if your last name really is Armstrong? Armstrong. <laughs> <laughs> like it's just like, uh, yeah. There's so many questions. I think I never felt of it as like cheating per se. I went through a phase where I wanted to know, and then I didn't want to know at all. I had convinced myself that I was fine with what I was my life at that point, and that I would never need to know to have any of this closure or anything like that. And then that all has changed now uh, yeah. in the last year or so. So. I'm excited to know, <clears throat> but I still am like, man, if this comes back and it's like, you're Japanese, I'm going to be, I don't well, know what I'll feel. I don't know what to feel about it. I so. didn't mind yeah. it. I mean, yeah. So mine came back and it says I'm 10% Japanese and 90% uh, Korean. 
That's that's fine. I don't I don't yeah, feel that's, that that's a, a, a negative. My wife actually thought that was to take off the sweatshirt he's wearing. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, not yeah, right. Less <laughs> Korean per se. Yeah. But, but for uh, the listeners at home, he's wearing a Choson sweatshirt. <laughs> it's a black hoodie. Rebrand. Uh, it's got the Korean flag, the Taeguk on it, and it's baller. Joson. <laughs> we love them. Joson at at the Joson on Instagram. We love you. Come on the show. You should save that for our ad space. Hope. This is our ad space. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Back to the show. Anyways, what uh, was it? All right. And we're back. Keep going, Nick. And we're back. <laughs> I'm 2% Neanderthal. So <laughs> Aren't we all a little an, bit Neanderthal? Though? Exactly. That's what I thought. But uh, uh, I didn't even know why that was even on there. Uh, it's, just, it's an interesting thing. So you said you don't want it to be like cheating. I, I think of it more or less like cliff notes. Um, I, feel, <laughs> I, I, I don't feel like it's... Even if it's 100% accurate, take it with a grain of salt. I mean, it could be accurate. It could not be accurate. Like you said, it's always changing too. Like I get notifications from 23andMe that it's like, oh, we've updated your your list of these things and these traits and uh, or potential allergies to medicines or telling me that I'm lactose intolerant. You know what? There's another test for knowing if I'm lactose intolerant. So, it's called drinking <laughs> milk and throwing up or not. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I don't need Yikes. this test to tell me that. But- I'm real not. intense. <laughs> it's an no, intense it's just an test. interesting thing. I, I don't really, uh, I don't really mind the the test. I didn't think it was going to show me anything that I didn't already know. Um, yeah, but uh, and I, I wasn't very, even though technically a lot more people are doing it than they did when I took it. Um, there is a chance you could potentially find relatives, I guess, on there. But uh, yeah, I, I didn't think I was going to, and so. So yeah, no, I, I I feel like I should clarify when I say cheating. I mean like um like uh BTS getting out of oh. um, their <laughs> yeah, uh, military military service, mm. you know, change the law by, for us by an extra two years. You know what I mean? Like like yeah. the there is a a thing that all adoptees, if they choose to go through it, kind of have to go through. And like in the one in a million, one in a trillion chance that I found my <laughs> my family through like an Ancestry.com or a 23andMe or something, then I feel like, well, what about all of that? Str- like there, there's not a Dan Matthews documentary about somebody just taking an Ancestry test and then, you know, like finding a birth parents. Like part of it, I feel like is that journey and that time and like mm-hmm. kind of all of that emotional struggle. So then like if I was to roll up to a Korean gathering when we have those, a, an adoptee gathering and be like, yeah, I found my parents on Ancestry.com. Oh, like, I don't know. Like, like I, I just feel like I would, and maybe that's my own uh, gatekeeping because I apparently am doing that a lot to myself of like being adopted enough or not adopted enough. Um, but yeah, so that's what I mean by cheating and not just like, yeah, I, mean, I doubt that any of the information will be earth shattering unless I found out that I'm 80%, you know, Colombian. Yeah. <laughs> there are some people that I've heard uh, who have learned some earth, shattering information on there there was a story i think that uh two people found out that they were twins through uh um, oh yeah i've heard some stories about 23 and me or something yeah where you know that was something that they connected because of that uh that would be uh, you know a, a kind of a good earth shattering uh, outcome mm-hmm. um i think the negatives uh, jokingly and this didn't happen but it would one of my fears i guess is when i did it my wife is half japanese half uh chinese so it wasn't that big of a fear but uh, I always have a fear of doing one of those tests because I we bought the two pack, so both my wife and I did it at the same time. Oh, gotcha! I always worry that what if somebody did that and found out that their wife was a sibling or something no. like that, like, you know, or you were related to your spouse. That would be crazy, be crazy. and that would be you know that'd be Korean drama material. But so that would probably be my only fear, yeah. I guess, with going through with it. But. Uh, <laughs> I know. All the other little yeah, things that it gave as far as information, I wasn't really too concerned with. Uh, um, but uh, why? what are you uh, hesitant on, Patrick, since you you have it and, and you're going to be doing it? Is there excitement, hesitation, um, a little um, bit of both? I think it's a little bit of both. I think I am excited to do it. Um, I mean, whenever I get a new thing, I am impatient to open it. I don't like any box <laughs> to go un unsealed ununsealed not unsealed <laughs> i wanted I, I want it unsealed no baby. boxes gets left behind <laughs> no boxes or forgotten are unopened ohana um so yeah i'm excited to do it i'm nervous about the result for any and all reasons that we've already discussed here um but mostly because 
once I have those and whatever it is, whether it be earth shattering or mundane, you know, what is that? I think I'm most nervous about how does that change my either perception or the narrative that I'm on and writing currently, you know, what I'm not worried about it. I, but that's, you know, it's, it's, I've already been doing stuff and haven't going through these changes, especially this past two months. But, um, you know, this is another big piece of a puzzle potentially. And so the anticipation, I I guess. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, for sure. And waiting on those results. So I'm going to be like, why can't I just, why didn't this same day rapid test? Sure. Come on. Sure. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember how long it took me to get mine back, but I do remember being anxious to to see those and read uh, what the results were. But uh, and they have, I like the fact that I get new results even with the same test that I did. I get keep getting like updates and things. Um, so it's like it's like a software update where I get extra free features. <laughs> <laughs> Solid software um, update. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> of my life, which is one big software i don't know are we in the matrix (laughs) i think so Uh, so, yeah so oh sorry i was just gonna say uh leave us hit us up on social media join us on the after party and leave us your thoughts with uh ancestry slash 23andme slash general dna tests uh we'll start a comment thread uh you can see it it should have been posted by the time as you heard this, so yeah. uh, I want to see if anyone else has done it in our Facebook group. Found and yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So uh, we've got a really fantastic interview with Tom Buganski, uh, and I am not mispronouncing his name. <laughs> uh, so unlike we clear Mr. that up, I, I, I cleared it up. I've Armstrong. I met Tom, you know, like I said, a long time ago, and we had a connection. And I'm really happy that he came onto the show. He just got married this year, and uh, yeah, it was a really good interview. So. It's really great. Is my contribution to the interview? <laughs> yeah. Did you? Uh, I don't even know if you talked. Did you talk? Yeah, I asked a few questions. <laughs> <laughs> I was present. I was well, present. I guess we're gonna find okay. out right now. Let's roll the tape. <laughs> <laughs> Did you even? Talk? All right. Are you uh, even here? Stop <laughs> recording. <clears throat> yeah. We are here with Tom Buganski. Is that, I'm not sure I'm, I've been pronouncing your last name correctly, Buganski. You did, you said it correctly. Okay. Good job, Nathan. Buganski, Tom. <laughs> I love that you're checking on air and you're like, oh, we're going to talk sure. about this beforehand, but I wanted to just let everybody know I'm unconfident about his name pronunciation. You never know. I mean, come on, look at all of our names except for Patrick. It's like one of those things that you just got to sometimes make They're sure. They're all so Korean. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We have such <laughs> Korean last names. Except for Especially me. when someone tries to pronounce mine Korean, they go, no, waka. What? What? Um, wow. <laughs> so, Tom, Yikes. thank you for coming on the show. Hey, it's my pleasure. Um, we start uh, most of our shows with a little background about uh, about yourself, because we we want to know a little about you as well as our listeners. So if you want, uh, start with uh, uh, just a little backstory about yourself and your adoption. Uh, my adoption was I was born in Seoul, adopted at two. Uh, my father was Polish. My mom's Irish. I grew up in Oregon, uh, Aloha, Oregon, small, small town, I feel like. I had a biological sister and brother, uh, my parents. Um, I was the youngest, so my sister was probably like, I want to say three years older than me. And then my brother was one year older than me. So they had my sister, had my brother, and then they adopted me. And um, everything was great. Like, it was predominantly white up in Oregon where I grew up. I knew of like probably what, one to two other Korean adoptees in my high school, but never really talked to them because I think I probably thought I was white myself. <laughs> like us all. <laughs> like us, we get that. <laughs> yeah, there were Seems to common. be the trend that we've been hearing. <laughs> yeah, growing up, uh, no Korean restaurants, no Korean stores, uh-huh. no Korean food. So what was, was your first uh, um, interaction with something Korean then? I would have to say it was Koreatown was probably my first, like, wow, I'm like really engulfed in Korean, like lifestyle here in K-Town, Los Angeles. And people say that this is the largest like Korean community uh, in the U.S. Yeah. When did you move out to uh, Koreatown? I moved to Koreatown. uh, I moved down from Oregon, March 2000. 
And so I lived in North Hollywood for about a year and a half. And then I moved to K-Town. And off and on, I think I lived a total out of the 20 years I lived down here, about 12 to 15 years were in Koreatown. I, I love like how there's shops, restaurants, uh, bars are all in walking distance. And mm-hmm. you can just walk out your apartment and then bam, there's like five Korean barbecues. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And a lot of Korean writing. That was the one thing that surprised me about Koreatown is that it felt like you were in, like, I would say a little Koreatown. I mean, everything is mm. in Korean. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's there's uh, people that probably don't speak English here in Koreatown. Mm-hmm. And oh, yeah. they can live their whole life here in Koreatown without have, having to utilize like uh, English at all. So what was, uh, oh, sorry. No, go ahead. I was just going to ask, um, you had said you didn't really co- have much growing up in Oregon, where you grew up at, uh, in way of connection to anything Korean um, or anything like that. And your first forays were when you moved. I was wondering, what was what were some of the factors to, in your decision to move to Koreatown and, and California in the first place? Uh, California, the main reason why I moved down here uh, was nine months of rain in Oregon. <laughs> the great Northwest, uh, <laughs> always overcast, never had to wash a car. It was, it was always wet outside. Um, but you know what? Growing up, I watched Baywatch, Saved by the Bell, Melrose Place, and it just looked so perfect there with the palm trees and sunny all the time. <laughs> and I was like, I have to move to that place with the beach and the palm trees and the sunshine. So that was the, the deciding factor to come down here was the weather. That makes sense. And then what was what prompted to go find a place in Koreatown? Was it a yearning to connect or was it just opportunity? No, like uh, when I moved down here, I didn't know there was a Koreatown. It wasn't until I uh, befriended uh, people down here and they took me out sightseeing. Uh, they showed me Koreatown and I was like, what is this place? This place is awesome. <laughs> it's like. It's like it was totally like your your Xanadu, your your utopia, and it just had everything like uh, that you could ever think of. Nice. It was it was a great experience, and it still is a great experience. And what point during uh, um, after you moved to Koreatown did you start getting more involved in the the Korean um, adoption world? I guess because I know we'll talk here in a second about your the things that you've started, but. Um, what, what prompted you to get more involved in that, that side of it? You know what it was is um, I would go out to the different restaurants and, and, and places with my friends and the elderly Koreans or all the Koreans, but it was mostly the elderly. They would talk to me in Korean uh, because mm-hmm. they would. And then I responded with English. I'm like, I'm sorry, I, I don't speak Korean. They're like, are you Korean? And I said, yes, I am. <laughs> I was born in Seoul. They're like, then you should know Korean. <laughs> and and it's, it was almost like they they want to <laughs> like punish you in a way. Say, hey, this is where you come from. You've got to learn this. You're Korean, so so act Korean and speak Korean. <laughs> so I I did try taking uh, a Korean class over at the uh, Korean Cultural Center. Your own mm-hmm. culture. Um, I took a class, but if you don't use it all the time, you definitely use it, uh, lose it. Have you lost yeah. it, or do you use it? Uh, oh no, I, I I lost it a, a lot. I, I do want to think that what, the more I drink, it does come out, but I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. Right. You got to unlock it a little bit. You got yeah. to unlock. <laughs> yeah. The more alcohol you get, you go from Yogyo to Chogyo. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, hey, get over here. I need more. <laughs> but I do have to admit, it, it was like down here that I was introduced to soju. I didn't know what soju was. I didn't I mean, either until uh, the show. Yeah, yeah I, my first time having it was on the podcast. Same, same. So. Yeah, two months ago. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's a, it's a great experience. And so I went to the grocery store yesterday, and it just everything's a walking distance. And, and you just go down, up and down these aisles, and it's all like Korean food. Yeah. So I'm curious, when you were talking with those uh, older Korean people uh, who were like, you should be, you're Korean, you should be more Korean. Yeah. Did, did that... Uh, put more pressure on you to to like try to adopt that culture, or did that like make you run the other direction? Be like, no, you know, like what was that like? And um, just in in your experience, trying to reconcile with being uh Korean and being raised in America by white parents. Um, it actually made me want to um mm. try to be more Korean. Uh, just because I do, I live in Koreatown. I I go to these restaurants. 
I probably eat the, there's three foods that I eat all the time now. And it's Korean, Chinese, Japanese. And living here in mm. Koreatown, I probably eat more Korea, like Korean food out of my, what, seven days, probably like four of the four days out of the week is all Korean, like takeout. Definitely. I didn't ever have uh, Korean barbecue until I came to California. So uh, definitely is uh, you get immersed into more of the culinary aspects of, of Korean culture, for sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't have Korean barbecue either until I came here. And it, <laughs> yeah. This is amazing. <laughs> and so, yeah. so you just keep on uh, finding. And there's, you, there's a way to, you don't have to go to the same place twice here in Koreatown. Because there's so <laughs> many Korean barbecue places. That's yeah. awesome. I definitely say for anyone who doesn't live in a big city, who lives outskirts or somewhere that doesn't have one in the Midwest or something that's listening, uh, if you ever go to a big city, look for one, try it out. Yeah, it's, you ever get out of your small towns and you hit the big city, <laughs> check out the Korean barbecues. If you yeah. make it through the lockdowns and you finally <laughs> yeah, get, exactly. get to travel, then, yeah. <laughs> it's a must. Um Tom, what other ways since you, you said you've been in Koreatown for 12, 10, 12 years? Is that right? Uh, yeah, about 12 to 15 years. Um, obviously, you've hit all of the food or a lot of the food spots. Um, what other ways have you connected or engaged with the Korean culture since being there? Like things that you re you've really enjoyed or, or taken to? Um, I definitely uh, did those groups, those uh, Korean adopted groups here in LA, mm. they, I was doing that for a while when I had time and those were fun. Uh, we'd all uh, go and have dinner once a month. It would be set up by, I think, Tay. And then afterwards would be uh, karaoke with, uh, nice. with drinking. And it was always fun <laughs> to, to get with them and, and catch up. And he would try to set it up once a, once a month. If you can make it great, if you couldn't, oh, well, I'll try, try for the next one. Uh, nice. and, and that was always fun. Um, yeah, there's a lot of those oh. events up there. I, I saw a lot of cat events. Yeah, yeah. What are so I've came into this journey of like in discovering adoptee groups very recently and post lockdown. So I've been unable to go to something like a dinner or something and involve, engage in the group. I'm wondering, can you just talk a little bit about what that's what that was like from your perspective, uh, just going to those dinners and the conversations that you guys had. Uh, in those groups, because yeah, I would have no yeah, idea where I, to start. Yeah, I have no <laughs> idea. Kind of, like, do you just share adoptee stories, or, or, or what do you guys do at, in those things besides sing? No, yeah, yeah. We rarely ever, I think, uh, talk about our adoptee stories. Um, okay, we'd all be sitting around the dinner table, and uh, sometimes our group got so big that we had to have several tables. It could be around, you know, anywhere from like five to like twenty people on a. And you kind of just get to do a meet and greet um, or even catch up with the people that, that you've seen before. Uh, but no one really tells their story during mm. that time. That's kind of a time of uh, everyone just kind of to hang out because we all have something in common and yeah. that's something that, that we all can relate to. But we never really talk about our story unless mm. it was like some kind of like um, group session or something. That's good. Probably makes it less pressure for anyone yeah. who thinks that they might have to talk about it in that kind of a setting that you you're just your ordinary Korean Americans having dinner. Yeah. Drinking. Yes. So, yeah. Um, and I know one of the things that uh, uh, you started uh, during that time or shortly after you started going out with groups was the soul searching um, uh, organization that uh, it was. I don't know how far you got into it. I just know that you were doing bracelets, which is one of the ways we met. But um, tell us a little about that organization that you started. So that uh, organization was started in 2011 because I went to Korea in 2010 and that was, um, I forget what group it was, but it was, um, all expense paid trip by the Korean government. Mm -hmm. They paid for your plane ticket. They, uh, gave you the room and board and you got to go on these tour buses and travel for about, I want to say 10 days or uh, two weeks. And so I submitted my application got picked. It was about, I want to say 90 of us from from uh what is it eight or nine different countries and so you wow. you flew there and I, I was still like mesmerized that i was actually in korea in 2010 <laughs> and you go and you meet these other korean adoptees and they're all coming from different parts of, of the world you meet the the italians you meet the australians you meet the europeans from canada the other you know the u.s uh korean adoptees and then you have denmark and norway 
in Sweden. It was just great. If you close your eyes, you would think you're like surrounded by all these different cultures of, of people. You open your eyes and everyone's Korean. <laughs> and, and it was amazing. So they, they took us on buses. They gave us a, uh, tours, like sightseeing, took us to different places, uh, malls, and we stayed at the university. We even got taught by uh, a couple of the Korean professors in English on nice. the history of where we came from. Mm, that's and cool. it was it was very very cool um and a great experience so when i came back i didn't realize how many korean adoptees were out there uh more or less the ones i even met was very awesome so that's why i wanted to reconnect with all of them and then more so i started uh, soulsearching.org as a, a website i got with a web developer uh bought the domain name and started doing this thing where i would interview a different korean adoptee and be adoptee of the month and kind of put the profile on that and it was connected to the Facebook page. The Facebook page is still up, but I do not have time to do anything <laughs> anymore. So <laughs> it probably lasted about one year. So 2011, it, it opened the doors. And then I think by 2012, it kind of shut down because I, I just didn't have time. I was getting busier with work. What? Yeah, I hear you. <laughs> what kind of stories and like, I guess, fond memories do you have from that time of running that and having those interviews, uh, you know, like uh, any that stick out to you or just, or what was kind of uh, any recurring themes, I guess, across that, that you found uh, in those conversations? I think the thing that pretty much just stuck out, we're all, even though we all are adopted and we're all raised outside of like Korea and we all gain the culture and lifestyle that wherever we live, we're all human and we have our, you know, likes, dislikes, your, your favorite music, your favorite TV show, uh, what your dream job would like to be. And so we, we either adapted to our surrounding very, very well and learned to survive. We're all survivors. And that's the greatest thing. We're, we're, we survived what, what we grew up to, uh, whether it was good or bad, we survived it. Nice. Yeah. I really like that. I like the, that image of a survivor. And then, uh, um, so, so you got too busy with work and uh, um, actually, if you want, go ahead and tell us a little bit about what you, what you do currently right now. Uh, right now I, I started as a, uh, I went to school for as a surgical tech. And then I started my first job was in Koreatown, Korean plastic surgery and Korean plastic surgery is something I never even thought I would be working because <laughs> I thought I'd be working in the hospitals. But around mm. the, you, around that time, of course, like it's still going strong, Korean dramas and K-pop. Mm. <laughs> so uh, this, we even I even learned like the the sweet sixteen gift that the mothers would give their daughters is the the second yeah. well, the, the westernization of the eyelids. Yeah. Um, oh. So we did a lot of that. My whole staff was Korean, um, so they spoke Korean, and that was another thing. I I, I couldn't speak Korean, and <laughs> our our patients were all Korean. So I can speak to them either. Um, so, <laughs> but I learned a lot of time, uh, experience that. So as I, I gained more years and years of, of lear like working in plastic surgery, that became my, my kind of my, my niche. So I would run the surgery center part and, and make sure it was up and running, all the equipment worked out. And then next thing you know, I'm getting phone calls for other places, uh, to get their place up and running. So then I think I just, got the, the reputation to either build uh, surgery centers, uh, put them together, run them so that there's a flow to it. And if it has any kinks, uh, I find out what they are and, and make it work. I just make it happen. So I was there with a, a build out of a Beverly Hills surgery center where I was the project manager. It used to be a bank and we, we gutted it out. And we made it into a two OR surgery center in Beverly Hills, right down the street from Rodeo Drive. And that was mm. probably my my best project yet. Um, but I finished that one, and then I moved on to another place um, in Beverly Hills, and I'm working on that place right now, getting that place up and running, uh, so that we can get the green light, get the accreditation, and start doing plastic surgery there. Are those clients over there also Korean, or no? No, I think the the clients over there are more diverse. Uh, in Beverly Hills, uh, but the Koreatown ones, it, there's something that's very, it, it's very homey here in Koreatown when you go to a like Koreatown Plastic Surgery Center. So, 
it's it's cozy. <laughs> is that like a the way people interact, or is it like a an interior design feeling, or is it just a sense of like you're Korean, I'm in K Town, thus it feels homey. It, you know what? It does. It has that hominess because I I walk around. I'll, I'll you know walk down the street or and, and grab a coffee. And, and majority of the people I do see are are Korean that are walking around. Mm. It is getting more diverse, so you're seeing different cultures do uh, come in. But you just feel like you're in Koreatown. The signs are in Korean and English, and then people walking their dog is, is Korean. You see a lot more Koreans in this area, in Korean restaurants, yeah. Korean uh, coffee shops, things like that. I wonder what the population of Koreatown is. Seven. Seven. <laughs> Seven yeah. people? Seven or eight. <laughs> yeah, just seven people. <laughs> it's got to be pretty large. Every time, like you said, when I'm there, that's almost always the only uh, ethnicity you see is Korean. Yeah, so. yeah. So it's, uh, but, it's very and it's nice. A, and it's spreading out, too, the it size is. of it. It is. So there's this, like uh, these parameters of where to live, like in the heart of K-Town. There's the heart of K-Town. And if you were to live here in want to pick an apartment there's like streets certain streets you live within and you're like in the heart of k-town <laughs> anything else uh outside of that is like the outskirts of k-town so you won't get as much variety when it comes to like mm. eateries and places yeah so then after you ended uh the soul searching because you got too busy with work was there any still um, interaction with any of the other groups or anything that you still had time to do that you wanted to do or felt a, a drive to do? Uh, no, at that point, I think my, I was so immersed in my, my work that everything else kind of just fell to the wayside and it didn't even go on the back burner. It just kind of mm -hmm. went off, got off the stove. <laughs> and so, <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> so, I was just uh, so focused because right now I'm working on my other project is I'm going to buy and uh, run my aftercare at the Beverly Hills SLS hotel. So hmm. I'm going to start up an aftercare for patients that get surgery done and they can stay here with 24 hour watch with a nurse. Uh, if they need medications, food, things like that, that will all be provided. And then um, uh, I made, you know, working out the contracts and agreements with the SLS in Beverly Hills. Uh, hotel. Yeah, that's cool. It's cool. a cool program. Yeah, right <laughs> uh, um, um, so we've danced around this a little bit. I'm curious, uh, Tom, how did you and Nathan get connected? I was going to jump into that same question actually, <laughs> because I was leading to that with uh, that he you got out of doing anything Korean related. However, we met at a Korean American adoptee documentary uh, for Dan Matthews. Yes. Yes. And so what got you to go to that and, and, uh, and then ultimately meet me? Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's all about Nathan. Yeah. What, what, what made you want to like, talk to me? Yeah. We, yeah. Remember getting word either, I, I don't know whether it was through a, a Facebook announcement or a flyer or other adoptees about uh, uh, Dan Matthews doing a documentary. And, and the view was going to be in, um, in, in like uh, little Tokyo. Mm -hmm. So uh, save the day. We went there. I, or I went there solo, uh, got to meet other Korean adoptees and lo and behold, I, I met Nathan uh, and with his now wife. And it was very, very uh, awesome to like put, put faces to the names of people that you were talking to, I guess in the past, but uh, I don't know if we talked prior to that, but I, it was very cool to meet him then. I think I did read up on Nathan Nowak from a Coriam magazine. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I, yep. And yeah. The Korean American magazine. I had the cover photo for one of the years. Yeah. Uh, one of the months. Of Dang. You were on the you cover. Time, bro. Of the no, I wasn't on the cover. My photo was on the cover. And so, oh, the photo I photo took. You took. Yeah. Oh, I was like, uh, what yes, do you yes. a picture of yourself. That's, that's the, the big thing. time. <laughs> that's the other side of the lens. Big time. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. You know what? Right. Yeah. That, it was a contest. Well. Yeah, it was a contest, and I, I won the contest to how to represent um, third uh, um, generation Korean Americans. And so I had some friends take a, uh, 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 we had a makeup artist come and paint uh, half their face with a Korean flag and half the face with an American flag. Cool. Nice. And uh, I took pictures of the kids with the, those paintings, and that was the cover. But 
Um, but then we had also at some point it, it met up because of your soulsearching.org thing because I had taken a couple photos for you as well at that point. So it must have been the the Dan Matthews thing where it's the first official meeting of sorts where we actually had dinner and things like that afterwards. Yeah, yeah. It, and it was very cool. And and I do have to admit, like, Dan Matthews documentary, that was an, an awesome documentary. Uh, yeah, that was um, the first Korean adoptee documentary I've ever seen. Yeah, we, we talked to him a lot about that. And it, yeah, it's it's been... I think a lot of people, it's been an inspiration for a lot of uh, people that we know and I've talked to. So, um, yeah, yeah, we were stoked to have him on for episode seven. It was, yeah, uh, yeah just because it was. I mean, that's that was a thing for for Nathan. It was a thing for me. Uh, so yeah, it was just like it was cool to to be able to talk to him. But uh, hard hitting question, Tom, do you think Nathan walks funny? <laughs> <laughs> you know, like. <laughs> I, I don't even look at his walk. <laughs> like if you if you had to describe his gait, could wow. you put it into some words for us? If you could imitate it right now, oh yeah. would you use your for, arms? For our listeners, if you could give us some visual content for our listeners at home, oh that'd be great. God, you know what? The sad thing is, he was there to be the photographer at my wedding, so I spent <laughs> a I spent a good amount of time with him. But I think I was so stressed about the wedding that I didn't even think about catching his walk. Understandable. Thank, thank you for that. Thank you for not judging me <laughs> on my my photographer's walk. But, yeah. but, uh, but he was he was in it to win it. He's a great photographer. Uh, my wife loved. That's it. amazing. No, you. It was such a pleasure to be there for your and an honor for your wedding. So. Um, Tom just got married. Well, it was about three months ago. So. Oh, yeah. nice! Congratulations! Dude, congratulations! Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. And. Uh, yeah, we we met in plastic surgery at an office, so that was very very cool. And um, so then, that documentary was like definitely a uh, groundbreaking for a lot of us. Was there any oh. need after that to see more documentaries or see more Korean adoptee things? That did it like respark anything for you? Uh, yeah, you know it. It actually it made me think about. Um, I don't know if I talked with this about you before, but made me want to uh, do a family search on myself, mm. which mm. I just recently uh, did. And the reason why I waited so long, uh, part of me said no, because the parents I have now, they're, they're the best, you know, uh, mm -hmm. we're not blood, but they're, they're my parents. They're my right. mom and dad. Uh, the other part why I didn't do it was if I did the search while they're around, I would feel like it would be a, a disrespect to them because I don't want them to think that I'm trying to replace them or you guys aren't doing enough for me that I need to go find out who my biological parents are. Right. So I never wanted them to ever feel like that, that I, I look like down upon them or anything, so, but they both uh, passed away. Um, so that kind of like gave me the green light. Well, you know what, let me do if, see if I can do a family search now which I, I did in August and I finally did get a response about, I want to say about two weeks ago, three weeks ago from oh. the Holt. Um, mm -hmm. I was adopted through Holt in Oregon mm -hmm. and um, I did all that paperwork fill out and asked like, where, where did I, um, you know, who my parents were pretty much. Um, and she said, well, it takes about a month or so. It could take longer, but we'll try to see if we have enough information on you so that we can do a search on you, which, they finally did get back to me and I would love to share that with you guys. Um, oh yeah. So I always like in my mind that I was born because two, you know, young lovers got together and they were so young that they weren't responsible enough to, to raise a child. And mm -hmm. so that's where adoption comes in. It's like, okay, well we'll have the child and then we'll give it up for adoption because we're just way too young. We're not even thinking of like what the future holds. But in this ca case, my birth father, who was 37 years old, a married man, and his had his own family, and he stated that he had uh, an affair with the birth mother, who delivered and uh, kept me for one year, and she was 31 at the time. Mm -hmm. So wow. uh, they tried to be together for one year, um, but it didn't work out. So then it was my father uh, that wanted to keep me. And so he asked his then wife, can we keep uh, my son? And she said, no, we need to give him up for adoption, which I can totally understand. 
because I would be yeah. a symbol of, of his infidelity. Yeah. Yeah. That wasn't the story I was expecting, but that's, that's <laughs> mm-hmm. my story. And, yeah. And that's, uh, it's, it's total Korean drama. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> what was so, your initial uh, reaction to, to receiving this information? What was, what's the first thing that went through your mind? I think I was taking it all in and I was just like, wow. Like it, it honestly was a whoa because for all these years, you never know. I I, I never knew where where I, I came from mm-hmm. or why I was adopted. Mm-hmm. But now seeing this email, it kind of just put everything there. It's like it's in black and white, it's right there in front mm-hmm. of me. These are right. the facts, and so that's how I came to be and why I was adopted. And so mm-hmm. I would definitely want to um, still pursue to find my father. Uh, my, I guess they don't have that much information on my mother per se, but for my father, I still want to pursue it, but they Mm. did give me, um, kind of the, like, wait a minute, there is a good chance that he's not going to want to see you. If he's got a family, if he's still alive, he doesn't want to, you know, smear his name in front of the family that he has now. Right. They might not even know. Yeah. And so I, I totally understand that. And I said, well, if he does want to meet me, um, that would be great. I would still want to meet him but throw it out there uh, and see mm-hmm. what happens. So I guess that's where we are now. We're, we're, I'm playing the waiting game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So having that news and, and given, being given that new narrative, what, like, I, I don't know, just as it sits in your brain, um, how has that changed? Maybe it hasn't, but I guess how you think about your origin story, uh, does that give you... Um, more closure does it lead to more questions the like how does that and how does it really i guess interplay with the origin story that your parents would have given you you know like having first your biological origin and then also like your adoptive origin from from your parents side of things um how are those all mixing together in your brain um i do have to say it it did give me some closure so i do have closure now um as for the origin of it and and like the, the way I was raised or, or anything with the, the parents, I think everything's still the same. Um, yeah. To me, it's still, it's a story. And it's a story that didn't really have much uh, impact on my life because I, I think I got, I was raised very, very well with the parents <laughs> I had now or uh, the ones that raised me. And they did an awesome job. They did. I, I honestly couldn't ask for better parents. Um, and for the parents that did, uh, bring me into this world. They are kind of um, part of a story, I, I, uh, mm-hmm. a Korean drama story. Mm-hmm. So, and and that's they're they're actors of a story. I guess that's the way that I, I don't look at them as my mom and dad. They right, they're just right. uh, characters in my life. Yeah, I kind of I I do the same thing. Like when I think about my birth, um, you know, mother and father, I don't think of them as as my mother and father. I think of them as I, I would almost say like even further distant, like a great grandparent or a great grandmother, somebody that I'm related to, but somebody that I didn't know yeah. or didn't have yeah. a really strong connection with, um, that I still respect. And that I still, uh, you know, want to know more about, but not necessarily again, you know, have that strong as a connection as you do with your, your biological or your adoptive uh, parents. So, yeah. Um, I think that's kind of how I feel about it as well. And, uh, yeah, I don't, maybe everyone's different or, or not, but, uh, but yeah, the, to know the information I think is the, is the first step. And that's, that's great that you have some narrative now to that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's been a long time coming. I never even thought I would yeah. even go and try to find that information, but I'm glad I did. It took this lockdown yeah. to, to go and get it. <laughs> yeah, like, totally get that. <laughs> like, being yeah. bored on the couch, I, I'm watching too many, you know, Netflix, uh, <laughs> Korean dramas to, to say, hey, you know what, I need to go do a background check now or uh, <laughs> a check on my biological. Yeah, thanks for sharing that, man. Yeah, that's uh, awesome. I, I really appreciate that. Yeah, anytime, I'm glad to share this story. This is a story that I would love other adoptees to, to hear. Uh, just in case they were in the same boat, uh, you're not alone. And I guess that was the thing with soulsearching.org when I was trying to push it. It's like, I never want people to feel alone mm-hmm. because we're, we're out there and there's a bunch of us out there. Well, that's great. Speaking of that, I mean, one of the uh, the 
usually the last questions that we also ask people is on that note, what kinds of things uh, are you either looking to do for uh, either your Korean adoption um, community or what are other things that you think uh, others should be doing for their Korean adoption community? Um, I think it doesn't hurt for anyone to, to go and look for the biologicals uh, if they would like to. Um, but again, I waited, I waited a, a long time. And for my reason was the main thing was I didn't want to disappoint my parents my, mm -hmm. that raised me. Uh, I think that would be great if, if they would like to go forward with that. I know there's a lot of adoptees that, that refuse to accept that they're Korean, um, mm -hmm. because they, they were raised in such a way that no, I'm the farthest thing from being Korean. Mm -hmm. So I think mm -hmm. when they even look in the mirror, they, they see a Caucasian person, maybe. Or, right. yeah. you know. um, but uh, I would say just everyone get, go to Korea or even if you, if that's too far, then then come to Korea town in LA. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and meet those seven other people. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Got them. <laughs> but, but yeah, yeah I know I, exploring your culture for sure even if you you don't want to soak it in if you don't want to eat uh eat kimchi you oh, can man. still learn about it yeah i mean it's, there's always bulgogi to get them yeah exactly there's there's plenty of really good korean things to introduce <laughs> yourself to especially like soju right we've already talked yeah, about that yeah. I'm, I'm surprised you guys aren't having like a, a shot right now i was <laughs> I had some shots last night. So. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> and I had to do the show today. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I had to edit an episode where my voice was very tired, and I was like, "Nope, I got to be prepared." I was like, "I need to drink more water." Just listening to myself talk. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, but yeah, Tom, thank you so much for sharing that. That uh, I mean, you, it's amazing stuff that you have done. Uh, you know, you know, I know you got uh, busy with your work, but uh, starting and getting into the Korean adoption community with the, you know, with that organization and then the website and then, uh, you know, just being involved in the community, finding, uh, you know, the documentary of, of uh, Dan Matthews and, and going out with the other CAD communities in LA and living in Koreatown. I mean, that's also a big uh, baller. Yeah. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's something that I think I might not have wanted to do back uh, when I was looking at places to live just because it's so dense, um, with, with, uh, like you were saying, that's a, for you, that's a plus that you like being able to walk out and see everything. Whereas I want to be further away. I'm like looking for urban, you know, houses and like one supermarket and things like that. So, <laughs> <laughs> so it's funny, uh, you know, it, this is fitting your lifestyle, your occupation. And, uh, and then, and now finding out about your, your narrative is, is great. So yeah. it's, uh, yeah, what, what I do like story. is I got, my apartment complex is right across the street from a Korean bar. And so oh, nice. I can, nice. I can walk across the street to this Korean bar when, when we didn't have the, uh, the shutdown and, uh, I could order food like they're, they're known for their fried chicken and, and, and get a, a pint of beer. But it was also where they filmed uh, new girl, uh, the oh. first season of new girl. So they, oh. they do a lot of filming. Okay. It's called the Prince, And so, uh, and that's just right across the street from me. So that's in the mood to have a pint, I just head over there. <laughs> and, some and it's kimchi. a Korean bar? It's a Korean bar. It's, Interesting. Uh, All right. Get in us. <laughs> so, but it was always nice to, to have just, and, and you walk downstairs and it's like almost like in a, in a basement kind of thing. You, you walk down and there's red velvet everywhere and stuff, but it's, it's been around for years, years, like his cool. historical place. All right. Well, all this uh, food talk is making me hungry. I think we yeah. should uh, transition to our snack portion. Uh, so we're going to take a break and we'll be right back. Welcome back to the John Chi Show. We are here with Tom Bugansky and we are about to dig into some Korean snacks. Um, yeah. KJ just told me what it was, but I'm actually not going to say it. And I'm going to ask him to tell everyone <laughs> what we're eating today. <laughs> Uh, today we are eating Ojingo by Orion, which looks like peanut butter balls. Well, and peanut balls? That's what it says in balls. English on the back. It says peanut ball There's snacks. English on the back? Yeah, at least on mine there is. Mine says peanut ball snack. Look at this little squid. There's got to be squid yeah. in there. There is squid flavor because I read that online also when I was looking at this. So it, uh, 
It has some crustacean shellfish in it, so hopefully no one's allergic to shrimp or Yeah, Tom, are you good with uh... <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I'm, right, I'm excited to dig into this. So you've never had these, huh, Tom? No, I haven't. But have you seen them? Or? Uh, I've walked by them in the aisle, but I never thought of picking them up. <laughs> the story yeah, I know, I mean, on the back they, here is You look at them me. and they just kind of look like peanuts coming out of a ball with yeah. something out of it. Yeah, okay. Uh, Patrick, how about you narrate the story and I'll hold it up to my camera here. Okay. Uh, tell us what's happening in the first all right. slide. So in the first, in step one... We have King Peanut addressing his subjects, having clearly just uh, <laughs> taken over or won the Peanut Wars, Thumbs the Great Peanut up. Wars of two thousand two. Um, <laughs> in the second, in the second panel, uh, he's actually narrating the story to his subjects who are in awe, which is why their mouths are so agape. Uh, he's talking about how peanuts are born um, from balls and how they crack mm. open, and truly. Their ancestral homes, which you find out in uh, part three, uh, they come from the sea because these are actually squid balls. And then Gross. four was how they won <laughs> how they won the great peanut wars of two thousand two uh, by boiling their enemies, who were also peanuts, squid peanuts. Wait, they're enemies. <laughs> You're right, they are on fire down there. Uh. <laughs> and that's oh, the wow. story of. Oh, they look very oh, happy oh. though. The all oh, of them oh, are oh, smiling. Oh. The balls are smiling. So. I, I wish we could like have live like translation of the writing and stuff. I, I know just Patrick nailed it. it. Yeah, <laughs> he that was flawless one to one translation. I meant the rest of it. Like, what's the one? I at don't the top? know why he was. What? What does that oh, say that at the part? top? I don't know. Something about flavor, probably. Forty. Fortieth anniversary. Yeah. Some some ship. But young. Yeah, forty this, years. They got smiley faces. John Tongle Matt. I don't know what. Mat, I mean, I assume mat is flavor, but mm. I don't know what jungtong is. Anyways, let's dive in let's where it, it says tunungkot, which is open, I believe, just because you know, oh. that's what it says. Yeah, I'm trying to do it the, the American Maybe it says ship okay. here. Pulling apart. That's not how you do it. Oh, this is weird. Woo. It's shrimpy. Wait a minute. Who? It's shrimpy. We had a guest on. They said like shrimp and squid or peanut butter and squid, right? Is that Minju? Yeah. It might be this. You might be eating this. I'm not. You can hear hear the thing in there if you shake it. Mine's loose. Oh, yeah. Mine, it's very uh, lightweight. Earphones. Like I could hear it through my earphones again. I know. I did the same thing. It's very lightweight, though. Um, I don't know. I'm going to try it. All right. Yeah. I don't have a chaser. I have water. It tastes more like peanut. I'm tasting more peanut than squid, but there is yeah. a hint of of shrimp. I'm too in my head about this. Yeah, so you already you. It's because of the smell, right? Because you smell the the shrimp flavor. No, but first. see, okay, I will say, Nongshin shrimp crackers. Like, even though this smell is intense, I don't mind it. I don't know oh. if that's my nostalgia taking over, but like, this is a weird combo. Oh yeah, there's that that ADR ASMR. Yeah. I don't know, Tom. What do you think, man? Um. I can't taste the shrimp. The uh, peanut's no. very overpowering. I don't taste yeah, the shrimp is. either. I just smell I it. I can smell it. Smell the it. But I don't taste it. Seafood smell. The crustaceous oh, I, I, odor. I do have to mention that I thought that the little smiley faces on the packaging was just for fun, but it actually has the smiley faces on some of the balls. See, I was wondering if that was if they were just lines because my this one does not create a face. <laughs> the lines on this like one. that one's dead. That's why <laughs> it's a yeah. little X. <laughs> yeah, someone was just like, "All right, just paint it, paint it, I'll paint on it, and put it in the bag." You're, maybe you have to get a special one that looks like a smiley face. But like you're right; the, they're not all consistent. I like the outer shell. Uh, it tastes like a cake yeah. cereal or yeah. something like that. Yeah, it does. It's, I mean, it's not bad. It does taste like a cereal. Yep. It's it. It's not. What I thought it was going to be with the smell. Here's the inside. Oh, and it's it, the crunch is good. I like the double crunch. Is that crunch on the outside and then the crunch of the peanut? Yeah. Um. So it's. I feel like I'm getting seafoody aftertaste, which is weird to to eat peanuts and then breathe out seaweed, <laughs> seafoody aftertaste. Yeah. Mmm. 
Well, I wonder if they have other flavors because they did say that this is squid flavor. Um, so I'm not sure if there's like just plain uh, original. So you, or... remember last time when well, in go. the first box we said Jerry's never steered us wrong. And he was like <laughs> just leading us down a trail of deception, and then mystery box number two. Gonna, that's slowly a can adding a, a few items in there. Whatever it is, so we're gonna get that. This is the done. moment. I, this is wild. See, this <laughs> one's just a U. It's just been painted on there. No other mm-hmm. markings. Oh look, this one just has a single line. <laughs> one of the ingredients is sliced got cuttlefish. This guy's kind of mad. Ooh. Oh yeah, he was that in the fire for mad. too long. Yeah. yeah. So maybe those lines that are in it are, is actually cuttlefish. Cuttlefish. The smiley face is cuttlefish. So I think I might be eating this wrong because I can feel the outer ball breaking away from the peanut. Ooh, so I really point. get that separation of squid and peanut butter. Peanut flavor. I keep saying peanut butter like it's the same thing. It's not. It has the peanut butter flavor, though. I wonder if that. If you, you bite half of it. Oh. So if you bite half of it, it's very airy on the inside. It actually reminds me of this this nut that I used to see on a tree. That uh, it was like a, it was like this tree nut, and then it would break open, and it had a little seed on the inside, but then it had like little things that connected to it. That sort of mm-hmm. reminds me of. It reminded me of this. I don't know. That's I used more or less appetizing tree. than before now, but yeah, I don't know. That was hilarious. Let's jump into <laughs> to ratings, Tom. Yeah. Will you kick us off? Uh, how many squids do you give these peanut balls out of five? Out of five, I'm gonna say it, it, it's it's interesting. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll, Kind words. I'll I'll give it three. <laughs> okay. I'll give it three. Okay. Any other comments? Anything that pushes it, that would push it one way or the other? Um, I think if I saw this in the aisle, I'd just keep walking. <laughs> like you have before. Just, yeah, just <laughs> walk right. walk past it. Because it doesn't look like anything other than a peanut in a little thing. Yeah, there's not much to it. It's in the ocean. <laughs> yeah. Nathan? Uh, I have to agree. I'm going to be yeah, slightly under three. Slightly under, I like think. a two point like, eight. Yeah, two point eight, <laughs> two point nine. I'll give it like slightly 2. under. Two point four seven six. I mean, halfway would be two point five. So it's it's better than halfway. Um, I don't feel like a. I want to finish the bag. B. I, I wouldn't crave these either. Like where I'd want to eat them all the time, but they're not bad. They're, I, I can still eat them. I like the peanut. I like the crunch. Mm-hmm. So I guess it just either A, takes some getting used to, like you have to be raised on these where you're like, oh, peanut and shrimp or, you know, something like that. <laughs> but for me, or it's squid balls as Patrick yeah, squid said. balls, squid, squid peanut balls. I don't know. So, so that, yeah, I'm going to give it like a, like a little better than a halfway point. So like say 2.8, we'll go with that. 2.8. I'm going to go with Tom going three. I think. <laughs> I think the story was really good. I did a great job narrating it, but that what I do has no effect on on this on the product. Wow! But you'll probably be hearing from that marketing. I'm going to give your story a four out of five. Oh, thank you. Oh, yeah, yeah, true. I will say I like the the taste is not too bad. It's not it's but it's not like a memorable taste. I don't think. Mm -hmm. And I agree with Nathan. I don't want to. Well, okay, I probably will eat this whole bag, but I don't necessarily. (laughs) I don't necessarily want to eat it. You'll eat eat the whole thing. So you could give it a I'm one and you probably three. finish the bag. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> that is yeah. true. <laughs> All right. Uh, running out. I think I'm going to give it a two because yeah. I got in my head before <laughs> I started eating it and I keep eating them because I have a problem, but it's not improving at all. Like it's not growing Your on me or anything. Or, oh, the, the squid ball. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. If anything, it's getting worse as I continue to eat it. Like I'm like, my brain is like, what are you eating? You know how like, like young kids when they have calamari for the first time, they'll eat the yeah. rings, but they won't eat the things that look too much like sure, like octopus or whatever. Yeah, I'm like, am I eating one of those like tentacly things? Did they somehow manage to fit one of those inside of this little peanut ball? I think Anyways. so. I think that's essentially what that is. Those little tentacles, little fried so, yeah. tentacles. Uh, that is it. Wow. Well, um, thank you so much for joining us, Tom. Yeah. Um, Thank you for having me. Yes. It was fantastic having you. If you are watching on YouTube, you can find uh, Tom's full interview with us on our podcast, the John G show, wherever you can get your podcasts. 
Um, but Tom, if people want to find you in the real world or online, how can people get in touch with you, uh, get connected to your projects and what you're working on or any of that? Uh, you can always uh, Instagram me at uh, K-Town Tom. Um, I don't check it as much, but uh, <laughs> but I do check it. And so you can always, uh, I guess, what, DM me, uh, leave mm-hmm. a message. I can always uh, get back to you on that, through that. Uh, in the in the real world, if the, if you have uh, I don't know if you're even in business doing like giving uh, eyelid surgery to people or, or what that is, but uh, yeah, we're, what about Plastic that? Surgery. <laughs> real world, yeah, real world projects you want to plug or anything? Um, no, not yet. No, like if they wanted to uh, contact me because they wanted to get some kind of surgery done, I could definitely refer them to to multiple uh, hmm. good friends of mine that are plastic surgeons. Perfect. Cool. So if you're in the LA area, give Tom a call and he'll give you some sweet recommendations <laughs> for those eyelids. Great. Great. Yeah. Great. Some sweet eyelids. Great. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Perfect. And you can find me, No Walk Photo, online. <laughs> I don't know why I forget about this. You can find me at KJ Relke and all the places that I want to be found. And I am at Patrick in the World on Instagram and myself everywhere else. And we are the John Chi yep. Show. Uh, at, at John Chi Show. Just we like media.com. John Chi Show. We are it. Thank we you all. Them. Thank you, Tom. Thank you. It was fun. If you guys like squid and peanut, go get some. Peace out. Goodbye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>